Hello, it's Saturday the 6th of January and I've got microphone, external microphone attached and everything should be going according to plan which of course is exactly what I thought was happening yesterday the 5th of January except my recording just failed to reproduce. Now, um, at this time of year, you're not going to be expecting me to be recording this in a honeybee apiary with the birds and insects that are actively foraging in a Oxfordshire country field because clearly that's not possible. Instead what you have is an incessant background noise created by insects. Probably also the odd frogs and toads and probably also the throaty noises and squeals made by lizards and other reptiles. There'll be an overlay on top of that of birds, not the delightful little birds of an English back garden, but other birds. So you will hear crows, but there are other birds which I can't see and I don't recognise their voice. But they are variously fighting their quarters, sounding off alarms, sending up love chants and other alerts to their fellow birds. And as if that wasn't enough, you will undoubtedly hear fire engines more than likely going to help residents who are having flood issues, ambulances, hopefully not going to the seriously ill but nevertheless attending such events and of course the police which will sound off uh, for all sorts of reasons. I am clearly not in the United Kingdom. Well let's move on. The title for this is Planning for Spring 2024 and uh, it's a very specific Spring 2024 and of course we don't quite know when spring will come. In the area that I live in 2023 March was not a good month at all. I remember making splits early April and despite the fact I placed those splits on a double-sided uh, crown board so that the warmth would rise from the large colonies below, it wasn't sufficient and I ended up uh, combining a number of the splits. Nevertheless, I made splits, uh, but I don't like lots falling by the wayside. It was too early last March, but the March before in 2022 
was absolutely glorious. Many people will remember that because it was the first month of COVID. And so we all sat. Uh, no, it wasn't the first. It was, this, it was uh, not the first month of COVID. Sorry about that. Got that one wrong. We were literally sitting out uh, morning, noon and evening. In any case, I don't know when spring will come. But the bees normally produce swarm cells, if they are allowed to, about the third week of April, which I take about 20th of April. And that means, as far as they're concerned, spring has arrived, foraging is good, overnight temperatures are good, and they must believe that there are drones available at that time. But spring for me will start much earlier than that. Sometime during the course of late January, my bees will be producing brood. In what quantity, I can't tell you, and I'm not going to be delving into the boxes to find out. But I can tell you that uh, last year, when I had reason to go into some hives, uh, in the middle of January, I had three frames of brood in a number of the colonies. I can't tell you all of them, but in the nine or ten colonies that I needed to go into for various reasons. There was significant amount of brood, capped brood. The first I'll know that they are seriously laying is by watching the landing board, or by watching the entrance, because I don't have landing boards. During the course of early March, around about 10 o'clock in the morning, on a fine day, when it's 6 degrees centigrade or higher, a storm hasn't been, and a storm isn't due to arrive, it isn't windy, a number of my colonies will start to fly. First out will be the water gatherers that will be going to the tops of the trees to take the fresh water, whether it's dew or whether it's the remnants of rain, which is puddling on the ivy leaves, to bring it back. They don't go to the spring, they don't go to the water troughs that I provide in all the acres. They don't go to the ponds, they go to the treetops. At that time, I'll see some foraging signs with bees returning with pollen. Now. You can stand there and count them out, count them in. <coughs> a 
and I never take that sign as one of significant brood, even though I know that the queen is laying inside. I take it as the bees will forage for what they can, and at that time there's not going to be much nectar about, but there will be pollen about. So I would expect them at that time to see them on snowdrops, crocuses, early daffodils, uh, maybe some hedgerow uh, plants. And it's when the outward and return numbers of bees at the entrance are such that I can't count them. And we know they're foraging at pace. And when they're foraging at pace and they are returning with pollen, which I can see, but I can't count them, then I know the hive is growing. And at that point, as far as I'm concerned, that's when I will start feeding. And the feed that I will be giving them will simply be a jar of sugar syrup, which is at a strength of 1.3 litres of water to one kilogram of sugar. So it's very weak. I don't want them storing it. I don't want them processing it. I just want them consuming it. And it gives the bees a message that there is a flow on. Now, some people may say, in fact, some people do say, that there's no need to feed, no need to give them protein supplement, there's no need to give them sugar syrup, and I'll probably put Hive Alive in my sugar syrup in the beginning, just so that they get extra supplements to get them out of the winter mode. But of course, at that time of year, daily foraging is not a given. And the nights are long, when the bees won't forage, and the nights are cold, so they don't forage. So the amount of foraging that they are able to do is short and, I would say, unreliable. If I want the colonies to grow at pace, and I do, then I need to give the bees and thus the queen the confidence that there is the availability of food. And that's why I feed. Now I'll be feeding in jars, which have got just a couple of holes in. And I will be feeding with the intention of that feed lasting five or six days. I don't want it to be consumed within a day. I want it to last time. Remember, they will still have food stores in the colony, but they know about those food stores. What they're on the lookout for is external foraging, and I am hoping that by giving them the sugar syrup, 
that's what they'll take it as, and they normally do. I accept that from that point on, probably until end of April, May, I'm going to be feeding. But when I make a split, I'm going to have to feed. When I take a swarm, I'm going to have to feed. When I have a colony into which has gone brand new frames and comb, and I want them to draw it, I'm going to have to feed. So there's a lot of feeding going on. And that's how it is. I've got, I already have the sugar in stock to do that. And I'll, I'll start making that up um, in quantity sometime towards the end of February. And I put barrels into each of the apiaries. Now, this growth of the bees is the first opportunity I have uh, with my queen-rearing partner, Harry, to look at the colonies, to assess whether we want to use or which colonies we want to use for queen-rearing. Our criteria will be the same this year as it was last year. Strong through the winter, strong early growth, and a varroa count of 0 or 1. Because the colonies which we are wanting are those colonies which are varroa resistant. Once we have chosen those, then two colonies, having been selected, will be well fed continuously with sugar syrup laced with probably hive alive and a, a constant supply of protein supplement. I don't know which one I'm going to buy this year. There's quite a lot on the market. There are some new players. I'm really going to have a look. There are some shows coming up in February and I'll do the rounds of the um, scientific suppliers and see what they've got to say. I'm sure I'll probably end up buying on the basis of whether I like the person I was talking to or not. Uh, but with all these things, the devil is in the detail. And unless you're particularly scientific, you're not going to be able to tell. So it'll be who I think I can trust and price. Once those colonies are chosen, then we are on a path to producing queens. As I said in the beginning, 
planning for 2024, for spring 2024, is all about queens preparing for the creation of honey, which is the build-up of bees so that we have a large number of foragers. and the creation of splits or nukes. None of that, of course, can happen until we choose those two hives. And those colonies will probably be on uh, two or three boxes, two or three medium boxes or standard national brood boxes by that time. The making of the nukes is very straightforward. The timing of the making of the nukes and the pace at which we may need to make the nukes though has changed. In 2023 uh, we were under threat of Asian Hornet but didn't actually have any. That was good. Uh, there were some sightings, but they came to nothing. So uh, that was over-egged, I think. But what we did have was a significant plague of wasps. And the wasps didn't come on the 1st of July. Not, of course, that they know when the 1st of July is. But they didn't come on the... They didn't come on the 1st of July... They didn't start growing on the 1st of July because they had such a good winter, they started early. And so come the middle of June, we saw signs of wasps. And I misread that. And so by the middle of July, we were on a full, under a full-scale wasp attack. And I lost a significant number of nukes. I still managed to fill the nukes but to do that, I had to leave one of the apiaries with gaps. You know, you have to make these choices. And I decided I could create strong nukes, but I couldn't guarantee that I could create strong colonies in the face of a wasp attack. I've made changes as a result of the wasp attack and I've made changes as a result of going through the various training videos that the British Beekeepers Association has been throwing out regarding uh, preparation for dealing with Asian hornets. All my nukes and in fact main colonies are on underfloor entrances and I have now reduced those entrances down so that they are effective against both wasps and Asian hornets when or if we get them. So the entrances now are in, if you like, three, or the entrances offer three modes. They're all underfloor entrances, and if need be, I can reduce down the entrance down to a 
three eighths of an inch and one inch wide. Well, that's eight millimeters and 21 mil wide gap. That's good enough to fight a defensive battle if you're a honeybee. But I can also, uh, up until um, a threat appears, I can have it wide open and so they've got a 21 mil deep, something like 18 inch wide landing point. And then because of the way, the third method, because of the way that I have changed the entrance, I'm able to use the Nico entrance reducers. And the ones that I'm interested in are only the green ones, which are 5.6 millimeters. The 5.6 will stop uh, certainly queen Asian hornets going in and are a significant uh, discouragement to normal Asian hornets, but the white one is 4.8 millimeters and that will stop almost anything getting in. If a colony requires it, I can reduce the uh, vertical entrance inside that. So I've got two levels of defense if you like. I've also changing the orientation of the colonies so that they are the warm way, which means that brood will be right up above the entrance, which is where all the bees will be. And they'll be able to defend that entrance very well, I think. This year cannot be a year of, you know, two frame splits. That's a frame of brood and a frame of food. I'm going to have to go strong. That means I'll need as much drawn comb as I can get my hands on. It also means that I'll take as many swarms as I can because I will use those swarms to draw out frames. And as fast as they're going to draw them out, I'm going to be taking them. Swarms have got to earn their keep, as far as I'm concerned. And um, I'll hang on to those swarms for as long as I can. But I'm pretty brutal when it comes to using them as an asset. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, it's great that they've got a queen and it's great they've got a queen that's uh, active enough to produce a great swarm. But actually, I want the brood and I want the drawn wax frames. So a good swarm will fill a box in a week, which means that as long as I keep pouring 1.3 to 1 syrup in the top, they'll keep filling out frames. And I'm more than happy with that.
strong colony to me uh, inside a five frame nuke box is going to be one frame which is a frame feeder and I have used the single frame feeders which will hold two plus litres but uh, they were wood and eventually all the wooden ones leak and that is a pain in the backside. So I've switched to using the Thorns plastic frame feeders which are beautifully designed so that they go flush up against the wall and contain somewhere in the region of three litres of syrup. The other uh, um, the other frames will be one undrawn frame, one further frame of feed, one drawn frame which may have brood in it, and then two good frames of brood. And when I say good, I'm talking about the classic version of, you know, left to right, top to bottom, and that beautiful arc of uh, um, capped syrup and um, uh, uh, pollen bee bread around the side and on both sides of the frame. Whether we will need to shake in extra bees, I don't know. We'll have to see and play that as we go along. Existing colonies will be split. Well, no, you're not going to be split into nukes. They'll be split into uh, single hive colonies. Now, I've got a number of options with that. I can let them requeen, but I choose not to do that. That's not my preferred way at all. In fact, I'll more than likely go through a process so that the, as much brood as possible is capped before it's moved into the split's new location because I don't want them to be anything other than hopelessly queenless because I want them to accept either the queen cell, the capped queen cell, uh, or the emerged queen, which is a virgin. At that stage, I doubt I will have any 2024 queens which have been mated and have done their three-week test to make sure that they were mated correctly and that they're laying correctly and that the bees of that colony, the worker bees of that colony, accept her. So I can, with the existing split colonies, either take a nuke and remove a queen from it and let them requeen, or I can combine a nuke. And of course I don't have to combine the whole nuke, I can just simply take the queen and frames of brood 
and put it above the exact colony, above some sheets of newspaper, heavily feed the colony below so that it's having a delightful time. And I obviously will do that using an in-frame feeder and put feed above so that there's stacks of food available. And that, of course, makes the bees a lot happier and a lot more likely to accept a new queen. I doubt that we will have any mated queens until late May. I doubt if we will seriously start grafting until probably second week of May. We can try a first tranche, probably end of the first week of May. The first tranche is never very successful. And if we were to put 20, set 20 grafts up, you know, we might only get seven or eight. But when you do it the second time, you will get far higher. Now we have to go about the queen rearing this year, the creation of nukes this year, the splitting of colonies this year at a far greater pace. Mainly because I haven't got the foggiest idea whether we will have Asian hornets predating from the 1st of July onwards. And so I really don't want to have uh, uh, unmated queens at that time. I want the colonies, therefore, to be up and running as fast as we possibly can. And to do that, and to achieve that, I have increased the number of nukes that we will have by seven. So I'll go from 12 all-year-round nukes to 19 all-year-round nukes. And these are six-frame nukes. But, of course, I use them as five-frame nukes because I put an in-frame feeder in. I will add that I also have the ability to bucket feed these nukes and can do and will do. Um, some of the roofs already have the required hole and plastic bung in um, and some of them do not. But it doesn't take much to do it, it just takes five minutes cordless drill bit, boring bit, and uh, I already have the, the plugs for it. It's interesting to do the maths on the timings. Uh, there are three uh, calendar timings that are of interest to a beekeeper. The first one is, when do I need to split my colonies so that I do not have any colonies which are moving into swarm mode? The second is, 
how long does it take to move a four frame a four frame brood to an eight frame colony and the third is what is the availability of drones well I can't look at the availability of drones until I see drone cells forming in my own colonies but I can look at the date when splits took place over the last several years which is normally about the 20th of April so if we work back from the 20th of April and say there are there will be capped swarm cells on the 20th or thereabouts of April and two weeks prior to that gets me to the 6th of April and two weeks prior to that gets me to about the 22nd of March and so the latest I can do my splits will be the 22nd of March that is going to be too early for new virgin queens so it's highly likely that um, we will use uh, the nukes to do this we'll have to see when it comes to the drones there is a mathematical calculation that you can do on the drones because we know when we see capped drones how long it takes for them to emerge and we know from the point of emerging how long it takes them to move to um, maturity by maturity we're clearly talking about the ability for them to fly off and mate not of course that the drones in an apiary are going to fly off and mate with queens from that apiary but clearly if my colonies are producing drones then so is everybody else's and so it's reasonable to make that calculation and you look at the third option which is eight weeks that it takes to go from a four frame a colony with four frames of brood to a colony which uh, has got a box full of brood then if we take it that we're doing a split on the 22nd of 3rd and that those splits that we do the box boxes which retain the queens are four frames of brood then at some time in early May they will be ready for foraging and that timing is important because we don't want them ready to forage prior to the forage being available if we do they'll swarm so we need to time it so that they become available sometime a week or so after foraging is available in the area now the forage that's available in our area is going to be field beans, some rape and spring flowers. So that's the planning for spring 2024. The formation of queens in the various different stages the splitting of colonies and the build-up of colonies 
for the purposes of creating um, quantities of honey, which I have no problem selling. So one new thing's happening this year is um, we've got the offer from uh, Farmer to put a trailer of hives in a field which contains uh, a really good selection of plants that will create very happy bees. And so sometime in um, sometime in May I'll move the trailer to the middle of the field it'll stay there until sometime in July I only need a few hours notice or a day's notice I can then move it to the edge of the field where it can be um, surrounded by uh, sheep fencing because the farmer will then put sheep in to make use of the uh, forage and that then sometime in September uh, that forage will have regrown and the bees will be able to um, feast on it. So there we go that's spring 2024 hopefully sorted and I'm sure everything will change and nothing will go according to plan but that's beekeeping. I wish you well and I'll look forward to making the next recording within the month.